August 27th. We now turn our attention to the New Testament, and today we'll be reading in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 12, and we'll go through chapter 2, verse 11, where we'll hear about feelings from a heart of love touched with pain. Paul wrote a severe letter to the church, hoping to correct the problem. It brought grief to his dear friends, and that brought grief to Paul. But they disciplined the man who had caused the trouble. You see, Paul was not afraid to share his feelings with others. When you're out of touch with your feelings, you are out of touch with reality. We'll also uh, learn about forgiveness. Hear from Warren Wiersbe's uh, Bible commentary, uh, chapter by chapter, where he says, uh, When sinners truly repent, we should forgive them and reaffirm our love to them. Otherwise, They might become discouraged and give Satan an opportunity to accuse and attack. Love does not condone sin, but it does cover sin when God has washed it away. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 27th, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, through chapter 2, verse 11. We, Paul and his co-workers, can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have been honest and sincere in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own earthly wisdom. That is how we have acted toward everyone and especially toward you. My letters have been straightforward, and there is nothing written between the lines and nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand us even if you don't fully understand us now. Then, on the day when our Lord Jesus comes back again, you will be proud of us in the same way we are proud of you. Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I wanted to give you a double blessing. I wanted to stop and see you on my way to Macedonia, and again on my return trip. Then you could send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking, why I changed my plan. Hadn't I made up my mind yet? Or am I like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is true, I am not that sort of person. My yes means yes because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, never wavers between yes and no. He is the one whom Timothy, Silas, and I preached to you. And He is the divine, yes, God's affirmation. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Him. That is why we say Amen when we give glory to God through Christ. It is God who gives us, along with you, the ability to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment of everything He will give us. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to tell you exactly how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you, so you will be full of joy as you stand firm in your faith. So I said to myself, No, I won't do it. I won't make them unhappy with another painful visit. For if I cause you pain and make you sad, who is going to make me glad? That is why I wrote as I did in my last letter, so that when I do come, I will not be made sad by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. 
Surely you know that my happiness depends on your happiness. How painful it was to write that letter. Heartbroken, I cried over it. I didn't want to hurt you, but I wanted you to know how very much I love you. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt your entire church more than he hurt me. He was punished enough when most of you were united in your judgment against him. Now it is time to forgive him and comfort him. Otherwise he may become so discouraged that he won't be able to recover. Now show him that you still love him. I wrote to you as I did to find out how far you would go in obeying me. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive him for whatever is to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are very familiar with his evil schemes. Morning, everyone. I just want to share a quick story with you. The other morning, I walked out of the office at Sullivan, and there was a young lady standing on the sidewalk. She goes, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure, go ahead. She goes, do you guys really live here? It's like, yeah, all the men in the ministry live in this building. She goes, well, do you think that's very smart? It's like, well, why is that? She goes, well, there's a lot of temptation here on the hilltop. And I chuckled a little bit, and I said, yeah. Well, there is, uh, but the reality of the situation is if the men can be successful here, then they, they can be successful anywhere. And it just reminded me of a point that, that the ministry is not on the hilltop by accident. It is ground zero for the opioid epidemic in the state of Ohio and, and quite frankly, one of the worst places in the nation. So you, you are going to be tempted. Uh, you're gonna be tried. You are going to be frustrated, uh, but at the end, as we power through these temptations and we persevere, we will be successful. And each day that you go out from the ministry, not only here in Columbus on the hilltop, but in Lancaster, you have the opportunity to let your light shine. Let the power of the Holy Spirit shine through you so other men can see it. Which reminds me of one of my favorite verses, which is Matthew 5. In 14, it says, You are the light of the world. The city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men. So as you go out today, and you have the opportunity to interact with people outside the ministry, I challenge you to let your light shine. I love you guys. Have a great day. Psalm 41, verses 1 through 13. As David lay sick, he looked back and recalled that he had been merciful to others and had helped the poor. This encouraged him, for he knew that God would help him. God is merciful to those who show mercy to others. When you're in pain, it's good to have a clear conscience to encourage you. Then David looked around and saw that his enemies were gossiping about him and wishing he were dead. Even his close friend turned against him. Now if this happens to you, keep in mind, 
that it also happened to Jesus. Greater than the pain of sickness is the pain of having a treacherous so-called friend. Finally, David looked up, and that solved his problems. No matter what others might say, God was well pleased with David, and that was all that mattered to him, and that uh, really should be all that matters to us. Let David's enemies spread their gossip. God would raise him up, hold him up, and brighten him up with the light of his countenance. Sometimes how you feel depends on where you're looking. Psalm 41, verses 1 through 13, with the choir director, a Psalm of David. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them in times of trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and eases their pain and discomfort. O Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. But my enemies say nothing but evil about me. How soon will he die and be forgotten, they ask. They visit me as if they are my friends. But all the while they gather gossip. And when they leave, they spread it everywhere. All who hate me whisper about me, imagining the worst for me. Whatever he has, it is fatal, they say. He will never get out of that bed. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Lord, have mercy on me. Make me well again, so I can pay them back. I know that you are pleased with me, for you have not let my enemy triumph over me. You have preserved my life because I am innocent. You have brought me into your presence forever. Bless the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives forever from eternal ages past. Amen and amen. Proverbs 22, verses 5 and 6. The deceitful walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will stay away. Teach your children to choose the right path. And when they are older, they will remain upon it.